Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford. Good morning. Welcome to Second Wind. I had a strange thing happen to me this morning. Sometimes it happens, and I just I've learned the process to recover. Have you ever turned on your computer and wanted to sign in to turn the computer on to start to go into your um, website or your face just to get on the computer. And so anyway, I put in my passcode and then, then it shook its little head at me and said, no. And I knew it was the right password and I did it again and it said no again. And I did it again and it said no again. I was not to be deterred from doing this because I knew I was entering the right word. And so anyway, finally, you just get tired of speaking to these computers, this tech world that we're now in, I just ended up turning the computer off, waited, then I turned it back on, and it asked for that password again. I put in exactly the same password I'd put in before, and it worked beautifully. Now, can we explain that? No. Some people would say it was the retrograde or something like that. But for me, it was just chalk it up as the computer world, right? Have you ever been in those situations? They're just absolutely baffling. You don't know what to do. Well, in my earlier life, when I was really not in a very, I was in a really sad place. My marriage was ending I had never seen myself going through a divorce. I didn't want to become a statistic. And yet here I was at this major turning point in my life. Well, I uh, had done lots of reflection. I'd gone to many people for help. I had, we had done a lot to try and save the marriage, but it was not to be. And so moving on, I went through the divorce process. And after the divorce process, I really needed to know who Joyce was. I was confused. I didn't know I'd put all my dreams on a shelf, and they had not been dusted off in many years. So I began the process. One of the tools that I used when I was going through that clarification of who is Joyce Buford today is a process that I created a book around. And it's called Effortless Happiness. How did I return to my happiness? And even better yet, make it effortlessly. So it is about a book about the process of finding the top five values 
that identify who you are. Now, these values you you gathered from age three to age seven when you were growing. Some of them have been modified as you've matured over the years, but they are so important to know. So I created the book. Now, the book is out there for you to get, and you can go to Amazon. It did become a bestseller, and you can get this book, and you can begin your process. If you're where I was, or even if you are confused right now and needing some direction. So my little jest for the day is go get your copy of Effortless Happiness, How to Find Your Voice and Find the Ask for What You Really Want. Then begin the process. If you have a question, you let me know. You know how to get me. Second win with choice. And I will come to your aid. So think about doing that today. It's a really important step in getting clearer about who you are in those times that our life gets really difficult. Now, that being said, I want to take you on another journey with a dear friend of mine. I'm so excited she's with us today. Her name is Betty Ann Leesburg Lane. Now, Betty Ann and I met many years ago by accident at an e-women's conference in Dallas, Texas, and we were immediately drawn together just with that energy that you have from friends. You know, you all have experienced some people you really gravitate toward and some you don't. But Betty Ann and I did gravitate toward each other, and I want to tell you a little bit about her. You know, she's had more than 30 years of acclaimed vocal work in her coaching practice, which is called Talking Well Consulting. Her specialties are dialect modification of international accents, plus reduction and elimination of regional accents in the U.S., now, some people think I have a Southern accent, and some people in the South don't think I have an accent. So she was so beneficial in helping me identify, and just through our conversations, which I never actually went into practice with her, but she was so gracious to offer some suggestions when I first started out in the radio business, because I had some doubts and fears about my own delivery. Now... She has been very, going back to Betty Ann, she has been very involved with VASTA. VASTA is the Voice and Speech Training Trainers Association. It is an international organization for speech, dialects, dictation, and text professionals. And she began, of course, as one of the founding members. But since then, she was the newsletter expertise for seven years, expert for seven years, and served on the board and president. As we all know, when we get a passion about something, we get really involved. She also published her own book, The Complete Voice and Speech Workout, 74 Exercises for Classroom and Studio Use. Now, Betty Ann is very involved in her community as a leader in the greater Washington area. She is a wife, a mom, and a grandmom, and she is my dear friend. So welcome, welcome, Betty Ann. Thank you for coming on to the show again. 
Thank you for inviting me. I'm so pleased to sit and talk with you. Joyce, you're such a dear friend, and I'm so glad that you've invited me, and and I know we're going to have a wonderful conversation. I just want to make one little addition. I want yeah. you to know that I have two granddaughters and my daughter. They live in Sydney, Australia, but we've just found out that one of my granddaughters is going to come to the States to and university here, yeah. which is wonderful. She's about two hours away from us. She will be two hours away from us instead of the 20 hours it takes to go to Australia. So we're very excited. Oh, I agree. That would be the best, wouldn't it? <laughs> That's the best. Yeah, you know, it would be. It's yeah, it's closer hard. is always better. Yeah, definitely. Now, I'm pretty interested in knowing, how did you get into this business? It's very specialized. Are there more of you, Betty, in out there? This is so specialized to me. How did you find the need to create a, um, a profession around language? Well, I come from two things. I come from the military. I was a, mil- I was a military brat, and I come from the theater. As a military brat, I traveled all over the country and learned accents from all over the country and found that I could duplicate them quite easily and could hear them in others, just like I heard your beautiful, warm southern accent. (laughs) And uh, coming from the theater, in the theater you train as an actor to do all sorts of accents. And it turned out I was very good at that as well. Now, when I retired from a teaching in university, uh, where I trained actors in dialect, I, I had gone to a doctor, and he had very, very, very thick accent. And had I not done what I do, I simply would not have understood him. Mm-hmm. And I left his office very frustrated. And I said to myself, you know, I could fix that. (laughs) And thus began Talking Well Consulting, where I work with internationals whose first language is not English and Mm -hmm. help them to speak U.S. English much more clearly Mm -hmm. and to help them reduce their anxiety and help them be respected for their work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because we all deserve to be respected for what we can do and who we are, rather than just people having trouble hearing and understanding us. Mm-hmm. So that's well, what for, I do. For a professional, that would be so important because some people would just simply go, I can't understand this man. I can't go back there. And they'd lose his, he would lose their business because they just can't deal with the accent. Exactly, exactly. And so it's very, very important to my clients. But when I work with actors, as Mm -hmm. I still do, I still coach shows, um, I uh, find that I'm not only dealing with accents, but I also deal with the anxiety of making presentations, the anxiety of people dealing with auditions, Meeting oh. new people, trying new things. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be interesting. What an interesting area to work. I always think, I could, you know, I, I am baffled when I hear an actor come on the screen and totally present a foreign accent, talk with a foreign accent, or, and they're a southerner. I'm like, how in the world can they do that? How do they do that, <laughs> Betty Ann? <laughs> how do they do that? How do they unlearn and learn another and put it in Well, the they don't. The great thing is they don't have to unlearn anything. All they have to do is add to what they already know and just yeah. change a couple of things around so that I was able to take uh, actors and help them change vowels and mm-hmm. help them change R and help them change consonants and teach them a song that had the new accent in it so that before they went on stage, there they were. They could sing this little song and they would have all the sounds they needed to be able to go on stage and use the accent as the character so they were playing the character even more truthfully than they do as an actor, just responding and acting. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Why do they sing it? Is there a Uh, a benefit, brain benefit there? um, Yes, there is. That when songs come from a specific country, those songs use the sounds from that country. So Mm -hmm. let's say Ireland. Mm -hmm. If you sing when Irish eyes are smiling, right, there you are. You have when Irish eyes are smiling. (laughs) There you you are. You have a number of sounds which are already in the Irish accent. And if you sing the song and you know what the sound changes are, all of a sudden you begin to use them to sing. And then you'll use them to be able to be the actor, to use the accent to do the actor's action, to tell the character's truth. Mm. Because it's all about telling the truth as the character. And the Mm -hmm. accent is there just to support that. Because a playwright usually writes in the accent. Oh, okay. But yeah, it, there was. A, but isn't it spelled the same? And isn't it? Um, how does one? Tr- mm-hmm. I'm having a little trouble with this. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. See, I would be a challenge. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, the grand thing is, is the melody and the music of the sounds help you find how to change a sound. So yes, the word is spelled exactly the same. So when we spell the word Irish, it's I-R-I-S-H. But instead of an I, they make an oi, Irish, an oi as in oil. Oh. So you're saying Irish. And then they have a very, very tense tongue when they make the R. Uh So then it's Irish. Can you hear it? Irish. Okay. Irish. And the melody helps them 
get to those sounds. Once mm-hmm. they have those and they memorize those sounds in their lines, then they don't have to pay any attention to the accent anymore. They could just tell the truth of the character, respond to the other characters truthfully, and mm-hmm. the accent is just there to support them. Mm. Well, so it's not the most important thing. It's just a part of the process of right. preparing a role for a play. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember in our, that you shared, you were, what are some of the shows that you supported through the, uh, oh. can you share? Well, that's, that? yes, that's been really great fun. Um, <laughs> I, I've just been so fortunate. The HBO television series, The Wire, um, mm-hmm. which has just had fabulous acclaim, uh, not only through the nation, but throughout the world, um, had two British actors in it as the leads. Now, mm-hmm. the, the series takes place um, in Baltimore. <laughs> and so I had to train these two British actors who come from very different backgrounds to mm-hmm. speak in Baltimore accents. Now, oh one goodness. of them, Dominic West, um, comes from a more upper-class family. And so mm-hmm. we had to take him to become an, uh, a Baltimore police detective <laughs> who speaks in short phrases and, and is a, well, let's say a truthfully, a womanizer from way back. <laughs> so uh-huh. he speaks. The actor, Dominic, speaks in an, in an upper-class accent. So we brought him to a Baltimore accent. Then Idris Elba, who everybody has known now because he's just become such a fabulous, famous actor. Oh, and he is. He's brilliant and very dear to work with. He comes from uh, an area called the Cockney area or wow. southeast London. Mm-hmm. And he has an accent like this. It's just very working class, and it's fabulous. <laughs> yes. Well, when when uh, he introduced himself to me, I was going to work with him, and he said to me, hello, but yeah, now are you? And I thought, <laughs> oh, oh, my lands, what am I going to do? This is going to be really a lot of work. Well, the truth is he's a wonderfully trained actor uh, with a marvelous teacher named Patsy Rodenberg uh, from Guildhall Training uh, School, Actor Training School in London. And he could speak perfect British English, but he just wanted to play with me. He was, he was oh. being a funny, <laughs> wonderful man. Now, the fun thing about teaching both of them Baltimore accents. It was different parts of Baltimore. So they both had to learn similar but different accents at the same time. And what fun is, they would go on television and they would go to a talk show and they would speak in their normal British accents. And Mm -hmm. people who knew me would call me going, I didn't know they were British. They're British. (laughs) 
<laughs> they don't sound like the character. It's like, no, they don't. They learned this accent. They're very wonderful actors and, and well-trained so that yeah. I could work with them and they could come up with these beautiful, beautiful accents that were just so supportive of the characters they were playing mm -hmm. that nobody knew that they were British just from the way they spoke in the show. Right. Yeah. So I'm pretty proud of myself for that. And and <laughs> a number of people from a number of people from Baltimore said, Oh, they sound like they're from here. It's fabulous. So that was that was a great joy for me. It was a yeah. great, great joy for me. Oh. Also, yeah. and I have to tell you, this is funny. I hope nobody judges badly for this. <laughs> Oh, no, no. We don't judge here. <laughs> All right. I am Howard Stern's dialect coach. When he was a very, very young person, he was working at a radio station on Long Island, and I was in New York working both as an actress and as a dialect coach when I was helping people eliminate their accent. And he was one of the most hardworking students I've ever had mm. and he reduced his his Long Island accent oh he still has it because it's a part of him mm -hmm. and was able to go on and become a radio personality and then a television personality and now has his own show mm -hmm. the thing is everybody said oh Betty Ann he talks about such rude things and I always <laughs> say to everybody I taught Howard how to speak, not what yes. to say. <laughs> I know. You can't control everything, can you? <laughs> Absolutely not. And I think most of us would not really want to control everything. Yeah. Too much responsibility. Just our own lives as much as we can. Yes, yes. Well, I know that in my early career that you were so gracious to, um, I had some doubts about the way I expressed myself. You know, dear listeners out there, I know you know that I stumble over some words and I do things that I don't plan to do. But anyway, Betty Ann was, was the uh, person that gave me permission to accept that and work with it. And I mean, so no wonder I'm such a fan of hers because, you hear me today because I don't ha carry this stress of not always saying the right thing, not thinking the words through sometimes. But I, you just gave me so much grace that day after I finished talking to you. It was just awesome for me. So I thank I'm so you. glad. <laughs> thank you. Now, I do want us to talk about those those negative things that because you've talked about them uh, when somebody goes on stage, they many times have the fear, the doubts, these, these, this continuous line of uh, perhaps negative thoughts going on in their, their uh, mind. And it, it can really uh, affect us and how we deliver ourselves. How a, a perfect example was me. And it really can affect how we deliver ourselves to people. So I'd like to talk about uh, the persona that people take with them in their lives. Can we do that? 
Yes, we can. And I'm so glad you used the word persona because we present ourselves to other people um, as we think they want us to be sometimes. And not the essential of who we are. Sometimes that comes from uh, really good support, but the knowledge that we can't be totally truthful in all situations. I mean, if you and I met in a restaurant and there was a, a person sitting across that was speaking very, very loudly and talking about their gallbladder surgery and was we didn't want to know about that, frankly. Yeah. And that would be something we would consider inappropriate to mm. talk that loud about that. Yes. That is uh, someone who is presenting a persona that they want to be heard, but it's inappropriate. Now, many of us want to have a persona that is appropriate and presents our best self and our most truthful self. Now, the great thing about knowing how you want to present yourself is the fact that you can do it. But there's all those, as you said, all those negative thoughts that happen in your head. Mm-hmm. Well, I developed this great, fun exercise of, as a way to get past the automatic negative responses that happen in your head. Mm-hmm. I call it auto, which you can spell A-U-T-O for automatic <laughs> response. Yes. But I spell it O-T-T-O because that's the name of my negative persona. Oh, you actually named and, it. Oh, absolutely. It's more fun. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you how it works. When you okay. hear all those yeah. negative res- Betty Ann, I want, I want you to know this. We have about two minutes so uh, before we go to break. So okay. Kind of shape your beginning that way so we don't have to interrupt in a very important place. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me explain about negative responses. They okay. come from all sorts of different places in our lives. Mm-hmm. They come from things that happen in our families. They come from things that happen in schools. They come from relationships that we have with friends or people who don't like us or like us. Like mm-hmm. I was very tall and very skinny, very skinny, when I was <laughs> in junior high. <laughs> and people would say, oh, Betty Ann, turn to the side and stick your tongue out, and we know that you're a zipper. And it was like, oh, no! What? <laughs> or, I have red hair. Uh-huh. And people would say, red head, red head, you are a potato head. People can well, be so mean, aren't they? Well, I'm going to to have to stop you here because we are going to have to take this break right now. And when we come back, Betty Ann is going to go into, and we're going to talk about auto and positive (laughs) negative thoughts. 
transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. Now you know we're speaking with Betty Ann Leesburg Lane today, and she is a um, she has talking well consulting consulting. Sorry there, and she helps train people with their uh, dialects. But one thing she before break she was talking about our negative personas that we have. And so we're going to learn more about our negative persona and how it works and how we can get comfortable with it. So, Betty Ann, it's all yours. Oh, thank you. We talk about automatic negative responses. And you know they come from when you were a child and when you were at school. And people who, well, sometimes regarded regarded as friends who say things that are um, well, from my opinion, downright rude. I mean, I had a I, I had a girlfriend whose whose uh, boyfriend always used to say to her, "Well, you know, you can't do that, so you might as well not try." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that stops everybody, and that's not good. So I invented this way of dealing with all these negative responses. So you can be empowered to handle them and respond to them positively. Now, for me, the idea is the first thing you need to do is write down all those negative things you hear in your head. All the things that you say uh, to yourself that are not useful or helpful or are downright hurtful. Write them down and the great thing that happens when you write them down is you'll go slowly and you'll find three or four and then all of a sudden you'll have this burst of energy and you'll be writing them down like mad. So give yourself a time limit, like for a minute and a half, just write them. Yeah. Then put it away for a day. The next day you come back 
and you take a box of crayons and a piece of paper and you draw, you color your negative persona. Your negative persona can look like anything. It doesn't make any difference if it even looks like a person. It looks like a thing. One Mm -hmm. of my uh, students drew a big black circle with these horrible eyes and a, a, a green nose and a very mean red mouth. And mm. I said, my goodness, that's negative. She said, well, you know, he is really, really mean to me. And I said, he, it's a, it's a man, it's a boy. She said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's someone that I can't stand. I said, is it someone real? She said, no, this is made up. I said, we'll give him a name. Oh. She said, his name is Ugly. <laughs> so when you name your your negative persona, this wonderful picture that you've drawn, you don't have to name, uh, put in a regular name to him. And mm-hmm. another one of my students, I love this, named her negative persona Sister. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, what does Sister mean? She said, well, I went to an all-girls Catholic school. And I had an older sister who kept telling me that I didn't know how to do anything. Oh. So I combined the two, and I had a, I drew and made a picture of a nun in an all-white uh, outfit, mm-hmm. but with red roller skates. Mm-hmm. And I said, why with red roller skates? She said, because... She comes in, she swoops in, she says something horrible, and she leaves on the roller skates. I said, Mm -hmm. well, my goodness, how do you stop her? You know, what do you do? She said, oh, I figured out a way to stop her. I said, what? She said, I untie the, the ties on her roller skates, and I step on it. So she falls over, and I'm able to control her. And I thought, isn't that wonderful? (laughs) So then what you want to do with yours is you want to put yours up on the wall and just let it sit there for a day. Right. Now, I have to ask you one question, Betty Ann. Why do we do it in crayon? Why in crayon? Why can't it be on the computer or by another utensil? Why is oh, that's crayon a great. Important? That's a great question. And the reason you do it with crayons is because you want to use the freedom of the first impulses you had as a child. Uh, and we still have those impulses. Mm-hmm. And as a child, you were much more truthful with yourself. Yes. Okay. So we take those past impulses and we use crayons because right away you'll go back to that truthful part. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember walking with my father um, as I guess I was four. Mm-hmm. And there was this lady walking in front of us and she sat down on a, a bus bench. I walked up to her and I said, lady, you walk like a duck. <laughs> and my Father picked me up and ran across the street with me. But there I was, 
being incredibly truthful. Yes. Now, yeah. when I look back at that, I can feel that impulse at truth. I can also look at it as an adult in two ways. One is uh, that, that rude child. I can't believe I was that rude child. <laughs> and the other one is, well, I certainly didn't know how to be truthful. And I can chuckle at myself. So mm. crayons allow us to move back to those impulses and observe them as an adult as well. Observe that and enjoy it when you create that picture of your negative persona. Right. Now, I, I have another question. Now, those Please. examples that you gave us made me think you were really working with very creative people. I might end up with the stick person. Is that okay? Nah. Oh, yeah, but you won't. You're too creative. (laughs) Everybody has this set of impulses from being a child. Uh If you start with a stick person, you don't have to end up with a stick person. You start with a stick person, and then you can put hair on them, Mm -hmm. and then you can put them in pants or dress them in a costume just by coloring over the stick. Yes, okay. And anybody can do that. You can use your favorite colors. You can use the colors you hate the most. You can put a big head or a small head on that stick person and make them smile or make them frown. And you don't have to be a fancy artist or incredibly creative. All you have to do is do the basics. But Mm -hmm. don't let yourself stop just with the stick. Add Mm -hmm. all the other goodies that you know about. Okay. And they don't have to be fabulous. It's right. not about it being a huge artistic creation. <laughs> it's about it being your impulse of your negative uh, automatic responses, because yeah. that's what you want a picture of. Mm-hmm. Now, the third part is the best part of all, and that is you take all the negative responses that you've written down And you write down a positive response to them. So in my head, if I hear them say, red head, red head, potato head, I could think to myself, yeah, uh uh-huh, I'm a red head, but boy, I've been a red head for a long time, and lots of people like it, and so do I. (laughs) All I have to do is write that down, and I have an answer to that. Mm Mm-hmm. So if someone says, you can't possibly do that, you're not talented enough or bright enough, or you're too stupid to do that, Mm -hmm. all you have to write down is to say, I am not stupid. You are stupid for thinking I'm stupid. Mm. Mm -hmm. So you take it back to the other person. You can say, I'm not stupid because I'm a really good cook. And I know that because you like my potato salad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Or you like my chocolate chip cookies. Or I can I can draw pictures or I can write. Or yeah. I make the best I press shirts better than anybody else. I am so good with my children. I am so good at this or that or the other third thing. So I can't possibly be stupid. Right. 
Yes. So the fun thing is you take that picture of your negative persona and you put it on the wall. Mm-hmm. And you say, or you look down, you could tape up your negative things that, that, that the, the negative persona says, mm-hmm. and you take the other piece of paper with the answers, and you look at that picture, and you say, oh, you think I'm stupid? Well, listen to this. I make the best chocolate chip cookies and the best potato salad, and I'm more gracious to people than anyone else, so I can't possibly stu- be stupid and stick your tongue out at your negative persona. Mm-hmm. You could take over your negative feelings, the things you hear, the things you feel, by creating positive responses to that out of your own positive nature, out of your own talents that you have in yourself that have always been there, that are there now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like well, that. Well, the, t- the thing is, by the time you get to saying things back to your negative persona, you really are very good at being proud of yourself, of what you could do. Mm-hmm. And many people laugh. Oh, and, some yeah. people, and some people cry because for the first time they feel like they have the freedom uh-huh. to say what they feel. Some people also get angry. My suggestion is if you get angry, you go and get a pillow. And you pound the pillow on your sofa or on your bed saying, you say this, I say this. You say that, I say this. So that you can say the negative and pound the pillow down and say, okay, this is what I say. And you can get rid of that negative energy and still be positive because you're saying the positive answers that you know you have. Right. No, um, but it's not about um, changing the response, not about informing the person about the response or, you know, how you've turned it. And I'm thinking of a specific person, but I know your example was, of course, the woman that remembered a long time ago when she was in high school, her relationship with a nun. So is yeah. it always your memories of the past versus a, a present relationship? No, not at all. Not okay. at all. In a present relationship, if you have a person, I'm going to use a boss as an example. I mean, it can yeah. also be a very personal relationship, yeah. but I'm going to use a boss as an example. If yes. your boss says to you, you cannot possibly get this project done in this amount of time. I'm going to give it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to say, why don't you give me a chance on this project, and then I'll show you that I can, I can do this. Well, that's very hard to say. Mm-hmm. So if you write the things down that people say to you, your boss, a present 
person who seems like a friend, um, an acquaintance you meet at a party, or someone who you have a personal relationship with, um, a boyfriend, a husband, a, a child, mm-hmm. um, who says something terrible to you or about you, mm-hmm. writing those down and finding a positive response to those is very important in your present life. Mm-hmm. It gives you the strength and the power to own yourself, to know that you have value because you have answers and they are truthful and they are positive and they can then counter what someone else says to you. Now, note, I have said that you may feel like laughing when you write them. You may feel like crying when you write them. You may feel very angry when you write them. But when you speak to those people, speaking calmly and straightforwardly puts you in charge, makes you the strong one, Mm -hmm. enables you to be able to stand on your own two feet, stand up straight, and tell them what you think. Tell them what's possible. Tell them how they're incorrect about Mm -hmm. you and your skills and your abilities. Oh, I can see that as being powerful for a woman to be able to claim her voice again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes you have to practice. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. why you've got that picture that you put up on the wall. Mm-hmm. So you can talk to that picture. You can say, I am capable of doing this project. I'm mm-hmm. willing to have you turn this project over to someone else, but I want to be the person that assists them and instruct them because I started the project so I know more about it than anyone else. And then they and I can work collaboratively, collegially. So that's telling your boss two things that are important. One, you know you started the project. Mm -hmm. Two, you're the one who's really in charge of the project because you know more about it than anybody else. And three, Mm -hmm. you're willing to work collaboratively with someone else to make sure the project gets done completely. But just by saying, I'm willing to do this, this, and this, puts you in the position of power. Oh, it does. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I can see the practice that it would take for you to be able to deliver that um, with power. Absolutely. Not, yeah. not push down angry words, but just to... By claiming your power means you're able to deliver it with uh, calmness, with um, but with some strength behind it. Right, right. right. Strength and determination. And yeah. because you've said all the angry words and you've done all the crying at home while you were practicing, mm-hmm. that's all dissipated so that you can be calm. Now, it doesn't mean that your feet won't, knees won't be shaking and your hands won't be shaking. Doesn't (laughs) mean you won't be nervous. (laughs) But if you stand your ground 
I always think of people grabbing the ground with their toes so they can stand their ground. Mm-hmm. Um, then you can be able to say what you need to say. But mm-hmm. like you and I, sometimes we don't get the words out right. Yes. If you don't get the words out right the first time, just repeat it and correct the words to the ones you want. Nobody has to be perfect about it the first time. So as you do this more and more, you'll get stronger and stronger and better at it and better at it. And so you'll take back the strength that you were born with, that is in you, that Mm -hmm. is yours by right. Mm-hmm. By yeah. right. Oh, I like this a lot. Um, what a good practice and exercise for people. I, when you're saying this, Betty Ann, I'm also kind of thinking about the women that, um, you know, go through death of a spouse. Sometimes it's sudden. Sometimes it's, uh, uh, you know, after a long illness. I even see this as a grieving tool because they have to go through that anger. And this yes. is about going through anger, you know? Yes. So it's very yeah. it's very hard sometimes going through anger because sometimes people say, No, you're going to be fine, it's gonna be all right. And yeah. those people sometimes are the ones you get the angriest at because they really don't understand what you're going through. And you're mm-hmm. angry at being the person who has to get this illness. You're angry at the person who has to go through this really horrible thing. Mm-hmm. This enables you to feel in charge. Yes. You can feel in charge because you're the one who's drawing the picture. You're the one who remembers what people said to you. You're the one who can really let your cancer know uh-huh. or your loss of a child, no, or a divorce or the loss of a parent or the loss of a job. You can let those situations know that you are angry. Mm -hmm. That's why I like the pillow. That's why I really enjoy the pillow, because you could get that out of your system and be able to deal with what you have to deal with in an appropriate way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do. This is just fabulous tool. There's just so many ways you could use it. I'm yeah, I liked it. Um, I'm glad I found actors and other of my students and clients who've had to deal with people saying negative things to them um, to be able to uh, use this Mm -hmm. and say positive things back Mm -hmm. to this negative voice. And having that picture in your head lets you have somebody to stick your tongue out at rather (laughs) than this this, uh, amorphous, ambiguous voice that comes down the top of your head, which is why I call mine Otto, O-T-T-O. Because if I hear... my negative person has a name, mm-hmm. then I can address them. Mm-hmm. It's not 
just something flying over the top of my head. It's a real persona that I can talk to. Right. I can practice the positive things. How is it that we go so quickly into what I'm calling the victim mode when this negative persona comes about? I mean, we just go there, we, and it changes our whole thought process. Absolutely. I think in part that's because we have had times as children when we felt powerless. And sometimes yes. situations keep us feeling powerless rather than helping us acknowledge that we do have power. Yeah. Also, being a victim, going into a victim role, enables us to not be responsible for what's happening. Ah, there's a benefit. There is a benefit. And ah. that is we be begin to be able to say, I'm responsible here for taking my power back. Yeah. I'm responsible for that. I don't have to be a victim. I don't have to be at the mercy of this situation or this person. Mm -hmm. I have more value than that. Now, you have to be very strong to do that. And by very strong, I don't mean that you have to become a, a, a super person. I mean, you need to say, I have strength. Mm-hmm. And for people who've been a victim for a long time, that's very hard. Oh, that's indeed. very hard. Mm-hmm. So being able to write back to all those thoughts, that keep you a victim in strength to say, Mm -hmm. I can too uh, learn this program on the computer. I can too figure out this because I can go to Google and Google will tell me. I'm I'm using computer images right now because (laughs) my computer and I and my phone and I are having conversations (laughs) and the things I'm saying to them aren't something I could repeat on your show. Um, (laughs) Yeah, could you relate to your computer not allowing you to enter like I did this morning? I was like, really? How dare you tell me? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And you said said exactly the right thing. How dare you (laughs) tell me this? (laughs) Well, I'm going to fix you. I'm going to turn you off and turn you back on. And there you are, in your power. (laughs) In your Uh, power, there you are. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, I just thoroughly loved, I just hate for our hour to come to the end, but we are very close to the end. Your persona, negative persona exercise is awesome. It's what a valuable tool for everyone out there to use. Really? Exactly. Yeah. It applies and it's to not so many... just for artists. It's for everyone. Oh, indeed. Yes. Yeah. For I can, I, I'm thinking of people I could even share it with because it's just such a valuable tool. And I thank you so much, Betty Ann, for sharing it with us today. Now, well, you have I'm a so wonderful glad I can. offer for 
my listeners to go to on your Facebook page, which is Talking, Talking. Well Consulting. Yes, ma'am. Yes, and ma'am. And it's a questionnaire about their accent. And if they take the questionnaire, they'll get via email uh, um, an analysis. And from taking the quiz and getting the analysis, you can get a free half hour talking to me. Now, you don't have to talk about your accent. If you want to talk about Otto, you certainly can. Yeah. I would be more than willing to talk to anybody about Otto. If they have negative responses, they want to find positive responses, too, we can talk about that as well. Uh, Well, I must say goodbye. And so I really encourage you to go take this quiz on her website and get the response. So thank you, Betty Ann. And You're welcome, you, my dear. Listeners, for being here today. We'll see you next week. Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services 